Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The first reading for this weekend's readings about Abraham and Isaac is probably one of the most powerful stories in all of the Bible. It's the most difficult and challenging to understand, but also at the same time, it is the most richest story that gives us a powerful lesson. It beckons our attention. It cuts to the heart of biblical faith. Scholars say that after the story of Exodus, This story of Abraham and Isaac is the most powerful in all of the Old Testament. It sums up faith in God and what that looks like. Now, it's not easy for us to understand this story. Scholars for centuries on end have been confounded and vexed by this story. That's why I want to focus all of our attention on it. Notice how it begins. God put Abraham to the test. He called out to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a sacrifice. Now, this story is typical of biblical manner. It has, as it appears, a devastating consequence. Now recall Isaac. He is Abraham's son. He's a very special son given to him by God in a miraculous way in which he was conceived. But also, Isaac represents an instrumental part of the covenant between God and Abraham. Now recall the story in Genesis. Abraham and Sarah are off to themselves and suddenly three men appear. They come to Abraham and they visit him. These three men essentially prefigure our doctrine of the Holy Trinity. And so Abraham and Sarah engage in this frenzied pace of hospitality. They make these three men a meal and make them very comfortable. Now, as the three men are about to depart, one of them says to Abraham, we will come back here one year from now and your wife will be pregnant. Sarah, upon hearing this news, she breaks out in this loud roar of laughter. Why? because she's in her 90s, and yet it does come true. Sarah conceives, and she gives birth to Isaac. Isaac, the Hebrew name for that, means God laughs. And so Isaac is a very special child, not just because of the beautiful conception, but because God tells Abraham, through Isaac, his son, Abraham will be the father of many nations. That's why it says at the very end of this first reading, God says to Abraham, Your descendants will be more numerous than the stars in the sky. And so Isaac meant everything to Abraham, his whole life. And yet now God tells Abraham, I want him back. God says to Abraham, You know that beautiful gift of life I gave you and your son? 
Well, I now want him back. Worse yet, to add insult to injury, God says to Abraham, Not only do I want your son back, but I want you, Abraham, to carry out the sacrifice. Now we can only imagine the anguish and despair that Abraham felt upon hearing this news. We can only imagine the questions he had in his heart. You know, what could God want from this? How could God do this to us? These are all questions that resonated in the depths of his heart. Well, next in the story is the journey to Mount Moriah, where the sacrifice must take place. It's a three-day journey. And so Abraham and Isaac, they set out. Now in these three days, they're walking and they're talking and they're camping out. Nonetheless, we can only imagine how Abraham was overwrought with anxiety. On this journey, he was with his son for the last few days of his life. Abraham knew what he must do when they come to Mount Moriah. Now Isaac, on the other hand, is completely oblivious to what's going on. He trusts and believes in his dad, Abraham. He believes that they're going to offer an animal sacrifice as a spiritual offering to God. He's never suspecting that he himself would be the sacrifice. Well, finally they arrive at Mount Moriah, and Abraham collects wood to build an altar, and he places all the wood on the shoulders of Isaac. Isaac is now carrying the instrument of his own destruction. Does that sound familiar? You see how this story of Abraham and Isaac now parallels the story of Jesus' passion and death. Jesus, too, walked up a mountain, Mount Calvary. He carried his cross, the instrument of his own destruction. Now there's that gut-wrenching scene where Isaac, he turns to Abraham, his dad, and he says, where are we going to get a sheep to slaughter, to sacrifice? Abraham looks at Isaac and he says, God will provide. Now the story reaches its apex or its climax. Abraham builds the altar and then he binds the feet and the hands of Isaac and he lays Isaac down on the altar, raises a knife about to sacrifice his own son and suddenly an angel catches his arm and prevents the sacrifice. Notice what God does. God rewards Abraham. He says, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did, and not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make you descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands on the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. So what are we to make of this? How are we to understand this? Well, it's a basic biblical truth. Your life, your faith will increase and grow and become stronger by the very measure in which you give it away in service to God. It's called the law of the gift. And it's a powerful lesson. Go back to the story. Abraham, out of faith, prepared to give his only son away to God. In the spirit of that giving, God blessed that and increased the faith of Abraham. And now through Isaac, Abraham will become the father of many nations. In fact, he'll become the father of Christianity as well as Judaism. 
And so that's the powerful lesson for us all. Our faith will grow. Our life will be enriched by the very measure in which we give our life away in service to God in this world. Now, what's the temptation to cling to the things that we have? What does the world tell us? If we love something, grasp onto it. Hold on to it. You earned it. It's yours. Don't share it with anybody. What does the Bible say? Just the opposite. If you want your faith to grow, if you want your life to be enriched, give it away in service to God. What does God do? He takes the gift of ourselves, he blesses it, and now he strengthens our lives and our faith. I'll give you one example of this. In the both parishes that I have, every summer, our high school kids, young men and women, go on mission trips. They go to all areas of our country, especially to underserved areas, poor areas, and they give themselves away in service to God and others. They live out that law of the gift. And what do they do? They build things. They clean things. They visit shut-ins. They teach children. What does God do? He takes all that. He blesses it and he strengthens their faith such that when the teenagers return after a week or 10 days, they're inspired. They're in fire for their faith. They're spiritually energized. See, that's the law of the gift. Your faith will increase. Your life will be enriched by the very measure in which you give it away in service to God. Now, with that in mind, fast forward to the gospel. Jesus, he climbs Mount Tabor with his apostles and is miraculously transfigured before them. Notice also, he's discussing with Elijah and Moses his impending passion and death. Where do you see the law of the gift reach its absolute perfection in Jesus' passion and death. Every time you come into your church, look at the crucifix and appreciate that crucifix truly is the perfect example of the law of the gift. Jesus giving himself completely away so that we might have life, eternal life, and life in abundance. Now also appreciate the irony of the story of Abraham and Isaac to Jesus' passion and death. Abraham and Isaac had to climb a mountain, Mount Moriah, for the sacrifice. Jesus, too, climbs a mountain, Mount Calvary, for his sacrifice. The difference between the two stories? Abraham is prevented from carrying out the sacrifice, whereas God the Father does carry out the sacrifice of his only beloved Son. Here you have the Father giving away his only Son, The Father gives away what he loves most in this world, his Son, so that we can have life and eternal life, salvation. What must we do? What's required of us? We have to follow the example of Abraham and Jesus. Give ourselves completely over to God in service of him. Hold nothing back. Give God the best of your heart, your mind, and your soul, your will, and your intellect in service to God. What does God do? He takes it, he blesses it, and he strengthens us so that our life will be enriched and our faith will grow, just like Abraham. It's a powerful lesson. That's why this is such a powerful story for us all. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week, can't afford not to, reread this first reading, the story of Abraham and Isaac. It's our story too. 
your faith will grow. Your life will be enriched by the very measure in which you give it away in service to God, just like Abraham. And that's all that God ever wants from us. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.